Say good morning and welcome again to New Life Apostolic Church. Uh, it is so good to have you here with us today. This um, today is going to be our very first official session of Life Talks. And that uh, this Life Talks uh, is going to be something. I'll tell you just a little bit about it here this morning as we get opened up. And I, w- I just want to welcome you here this morning to this main sanctuary. And also welcome those of you who are watching online through YouTube, through Facebook, uh, through live stream on NLAC.church. Just want to say welcome here this morning. We are looking forward to a great conversation, a great service here today. Amen. Anybody just blessed by God? You're glad to be here today? Amen. So we have, we've dabbled a little bit with this format in the past on Sunday mornings where it's a little bit more conversational rather than a typical Bible study that's being conveyed just from, from me or from a minister up here to you. And I believe that both of these formats are good. Both of these are useful for learning and they can stir our hearts and prompt us to action. But I just feel this imperative right now to lean into some topics by way of conversation. And so over these next few weeks, that's exactly what we're going to do. It's our hope that this would challenge you to grow in your walk with God. And it's, it's our belief that having spiritual conversations is both good and it's easy. And... You can, you can just take one verse and you can talk about one verse for hours if, if you wanted to and still not exhaust everything that you could get from it. And so we just, we just want to have some spiritual conversations on Sunday mornings that we're going to label life talks. And so this Sunday morning session in our adult class, uh, we, we hope that these life talks can not just be something that can help you on Sunday mornings, but also that they would uh, spur something within you, or that they would serve as a model for you to have your own spiritual conversations. That's, that's my goal in doing this, is, is not only that this would be a, uh, something that would, would help us on Sunday mornings, but also that it can serve as this model, because all of us ought to be having conversations that are going to challenge us, in our walk with God that are going to help us to be changed in our walk with God. Conversations that are not just with the people in this room, but, but with the person that you work with. It's across the, the break room table from you. A conversation with, with a friend uh, across from the uh, table at a coffee shop or at a restaurant. And so here this morning, it's, it's my pleasure to have alongside me, my friend, my brother, my fellow baseball lover, uh, and Jesus fanatic, Josh. Pakangi, and so uh, thank you so much for joining us here today for today's Life Talk. And uh, you see, this past week on Valentine's Day, uh, it was a very important day, this Tuesday. I hope that all of us husbands remembered this past Tuesday was a special day. If not, uh, since then, maybe you uh, that explains why your wife has been looking at you cross-eyed. Um, my wife, she was, she was working at the school this week. And uh, so I stopped by the flower shop. Uh, me, I had Langston with me, and he helped me pick out some flowers and some chocolate that we went. And uh, he was so excited to deliver these to her. And uh, 
He wouldn't stop talking about it all the way there. And then as soon as I pulled into that parking lot, I turned around to get him out to bring these flowers into her. And he had just fallen asleep. And so he missed it. Seems about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he, he missed it. But, um, Josh, I saw that uh, I saw that Sarah, your wife, she posted about the worst gift that a husband could ever give his wife on Valentine's Day. And uh, as she saw a, a multiple grown men walking out of stores on Tuesday uh, with these gigantic stuffed bears, to which I saw you respond, I have a return to make. And so it begs the question, did you get her anything for Valentine's Day? So this is going to sound terrible. I did not get my wife a Valentine's Day gift. I know. So here's the thing. Uh, with my wife and me, we like to get each other gifts throughout the year. So sometimes there's holidays or things, but she found a new dress she went on Amazon. We needed a new bed. So we just got those. And instead of saying, hey, this is for a specific thing, we just did that. And I know some of you are like, oh, but it's not a Valentine's Day gift. It could be worse. I didn't take a vacation to Daytona without my wife. So, Brother Caleb, I hope you enjoyed the race today. You were a good man. (laughs) Always finding that dig on your best friend, Caleb. Amen. Okay, so so here we are just a few days days post-Valentine's Day. And the topic that we're going to dive into over these next few weeks is this. It's, It's in pursuit of real love. And now, I believe, Josh, that, that you are really in love with Sarah. And I, I'm madly in love with my wife, Hannah. But I believe that there's another kind of love that every one of us ought to experience. And it's a love that only comes from God. And it's a love that ought to be reciprocated on our end to God. And we sing these songs. There's, there's songs that we sing in church about loving God. And there's one that comes to mind, a song... Falling in love with Jesus, it's the best thing that I've ever done. And I, and I love singing these songs and these, these lyrics, they're powerful. Hopefully they're true for most of us who sing them. But perhaps there are some who hear those words and they say, I don't know if I fall in love with God. Or I, I don't really know how to fall in love with this invisible God who is beyond my understanding and sometimes beyond my grasp, and, and perhaps, perhaps you've tried, but, but you feel as though your love towards God just hasn't quite measured up to where you wish it would be. And, and you even, even hear these verses or these scriptures that are like Jesus when he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And that seems like a really lofty goal. Because Love isn't always just as easy as just doing it. No, l- love, is, love is a struggle sometimes. And that's why uh, one of my favorite examples in the Bible is, is David. Because he's someone that, he, man, he loved deeply, but he went through some things. He had ups and he had downs with God. Yeah. Uh, in, in Psalms chapter uh, 63, there's this time where he's being hunted down by King Saul. And he's hiding in this cave in the wilderness of Judah and just listen to this language that he uses to describe his love towards God. Psalm 63, 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. He's not in a good place in his life. He's in a tough time, but, but he's still desiring to love God. Verse 2 says, 
I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed upon you, upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with with songs of joy. This is a man that truly loves God. I lie awake thinking about you, meditating on you throughout the night. And I'm going to stop for there for just a moment. Like, that's what true love is, is when you think about that person, it just consumes you. And, and it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. He says, I'm, I'm trying to get to sleep. But when I think about God, I don't even want to go to sleep because I just revel in that thought of right, the, the right. love that he has. Yeah. It says, because you are my helper, I sing for, for joy in the shadow of your wings. I, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. You read that expression that David has towards God, that, that love that he has, and it's inspiring. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. no wonder why they say that, that David was a man who, was, uh, who loved God after, a man, man after, after God's, God's own heart. heart. Right. But he just had that deep, deep love for God, and that's why I love the example that David gives. That's so, that's so good. That's so good. And so I think this is like a perfect place just to jump into our conversation really for today, um, not just about real love um, in total, but... Falling in love with God, and and like how do how do we fall in love with God? And and so I, uh, Josh, I'm going to appoint you today as our love expert. I will I'll consult with Sarah later on whether I, I, or not. I apologize. <laughs> I did not make that statement. He did. Okay, but here's here's my question to get us started. How does that process of falling in love begin? And see, when we talk about falling in love with God, that sometimes that's a difficult conversation to have. But when we talk about carnally, how do you fall in love with someone? How, how did I fall in love with my wife? I can, I can like my wife from afar. I can look at her, and she's beautiful today. She's got amazing curls. It, it, she looks great. Men, don't look at my wife. That's, that's my wife. You can look at your wife. But here's the thing is, in order to love her, I can't love her from afar. It doesn't work that way. I can desire her from afar, and I can have a thought of, I, the thought of love about Sarah can be a thing from afar, but in order to, to truly love her, I have to get to know her. I have to spend time with her. I have to get to know her likes. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to get over a cold this week, so. <clears throat> but I have to know her likes and her dislikes. In order for that to happen, a relationship has to be established. I, I, I can't have to just love her either because that's not a relationship, right? Right. She right. has to love me back. Anyone ever had a friend that uh, was way too committed in a relationship to somebody else who is not equally invested at all? It's awkward. Sure. Sure. It is super awkward for anyone on the outside looking in. And someone wants to tell them, like, man, you, you need to, you're going to get hurt if you, if you go this far deep into it because right. they just don't love you on that other same side. But... See, that's what we are with God sometimes. We're, God's, he, he's madly in love with us. He's proven that, that he has a desire for us. Yeah. But it's, it's us and our commitment to him back. We have to be on that same level. Otherwise, we're just hurting God. We're saying that we love him and that we care about him. And he's investing everything into us. And we're just saying, from afar, you're a great thought. Sure. I desire to have a relationship with you, but I'm not willing to put in the work to truly love. So God has already shown us. That he's loved us. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God commandeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to be the person we could be. 
I love teaching youth because they always fall in love with somebody, and it's, I fall in love for who they're going to become. <laughs> sure. And you're like, but that's not who they are. But no, but you don't see the potential I see in them. God saw the, the flaws that we had, the mistakes that we had, not just the potential, right. but the mess we were in, and he still loved us. Right, right. Before we were ready to even love him back, God loved us. Jeremiah uh, 31.3 says, Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with everlasting love, with unfailing love, and I have drawn myself towards you. Psalms 36, 7 says, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. Unfailing, and that's what I love is that it doesn't matter what I've done and what I've gone through. God loves me. Amen. Right. There's a lot of, I like to think of myself as a good husband, but there's a lot of things that I could do that Sarah would no longer love me if I did. Sure. But it's not sure. that way with God. He has loved us unconditionally. And if you believe the word of God, you don't have to worry about whether God loves us or not. He loves us. He's told us he's loved us. That's a certainty. He's committed. So the question is, how do we love him back? Yeah, yeah. This, that the reciprocation that you're talking about, I think, I think it's so good. That if you go to 1 John 4.19, it says that we love him because he first loved us. That I can't, I can't really love God without first realizing the depth of his love toward me. The fact that, that he loved me first. That God loved me when I was entrenched in sin. That he loved me when I didn't love myself. That, that he loved me when nobody else loved me. Or that he loved me when everybody else loved me, but I knew the real me. And so I thought... If they really knew me, they wouldn't love me. And there's no way that a God who really does know me loves me. That, that's that, huge. <laughs> it's, it's he loves me when I'm myself. Yeah. Not the facade that I'm trying sure. to portray. Right. Not, right. not what I want people to believe I am, but who I truly am. <laughs> that's that part of us that's like, and I feel like that's, that, that becomes this blockade so often is, is we, um, we know ourselves and we feel unlovable. Like how could a God who uh, is perfect? How, how could how could God really love me? Because I know my faults, I know my failures, I know my flaws, I know all this stuff, and there's no way that He really loves me. And and then it, it becomes this this other this block in in our love shown towards God or our commitment that's shown towards God. But if if when you can really begin to grasp the fact that God loves me. That God's love is an unfailing love. God's love is a, is a love that extends beyond my brokenness. That when I was still in sin, God loved me. Amen. That when I, even when I fail today, even when I fall today, that God still loves me. When, if I can truly grasp that, then I can begin to actually express my real love towards God. It's then and only then that I, I think that we can really do that. And so, so let's just say, for the sake of our conversation, let's just say that we have accepted the fact that God loves us. Now, how, how can we love him back? So that, that's a great question. So we go to uh, Mark chapter 12, and he tells us exactly what we need to do. He says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second one, 
like namely this is love thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself there is no other commandment greater than these we've got to love god with all of our heart we've got to be truly committed to love god it it doesn't say that if we love god with a part-time commitment or if we have a love for god then that's good enough sunday mornings and wednesday nights some of us equate that to that's my relationship with god but but that's not commitment. That's not all of our mind, all of our soul. That's just sure. a little bit of our time on the week. Sure. And the truth is, is a lot of us, especially men, we're afraid of commitment. Right? Sure. We want to love yeah. God. We desire to have a relationship with him. But there's something that's stopping us. And it's our view of ourselves. It's that sin in our lives. If you go to 1 John 1, 9, it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins... And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes we're just so afraid of the mistakes that we've made. And the sin that we have. That we're, if I love God, then he, I expose myself to him. He sees everything in them and I, and I have to hide this part of it. Right. This I, is, I feel like that's what uh, Adam and Eve were doing in the garden after they sinned. They're there and they're, they're hiding from God. Mm-hmm. And, and God is coming for them in the cool of the day. And they're trying to hide. They're saying, here I am. I've got this part of me that I can't expose to you, God. Because I've never, um, I've never had to come into your presence with, with this sin. And now that I have it, I, I'm sure you don't want to be with me. But yet, what did God do? He, he came in that place of their, of their sin and their brokenness. And he said, let me come and restore you. Yeah, there were, there were consequences for their sin, for their brokenness of what they did. But he said, let me come with you and, and I'm going to, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to cover your sin. I'm going to be there for you. And, and having that understanding that God, he, he already sees us in our brokenness and he wants to come and he wants to meet us in our brokenness. It's, he, he loves us even in our vulnerable state. Yeah. And that, I think that's the key is, is that we're afraid to be vulnerable with God. And you want to know why divorce is so high in the country is because people are afraid to be truly vulnerable with their spouse. So many people walk away from God. It's the same way. It's I had this great relationship with God. He had great plans for me, this great future. And then I've sinned and I threw it all away. And instead of being vulnerable and saying, God, I want this removed from me. I want to love you. I want to have a relationship with you. We're so scared of the consequences that are going to come that we give up on the relationship. But if we just understood that the consequences that God has for us if we keep that sin in our life, then yeah, it's going to be bad. But he has forgiveness for us when we come to him. We don't have to worry about the consequence. We can worry about coming to him with a repentant heart. First John 4, 8 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment, and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. The lie that the world wants us to believe is that if we carve out just a little bit of time for God, if I say that I'm a Christian, if I read my Bible every once in a while, if I show up to church when the doors are open, then that's a commitment and that's love. That's just the beginning. Sure, sure. I mean, that, that's really that's that's religion is what it. If you boil it down, I mean, just the fact of just just coming and allowing that to just be your your part of or your commitment is is those couple of hours that you spend in the church building. Um, that's religion. And yeah. God's not looking for religion. He's looking for relationship. No, because when it's just religion, then, then that's when people fall away. Because sure. there's, there's no substance to it, right? 
if I love my wife, I can't say, Sarah, I love you. I care about you a lot. I'm going to go play ball with the boys all week long. I'm going to play video games. I'll take you out to dinner twice a week, and we'll spend two hours where I'm just devoted to you and dedicated to you and focusing on you for those two dinners. And then I get to live my life however I want the rest of the week. My wife, I guarantee, is not going to be with me very long. Yeah, yeah. let's see how that goes. Yeah. Probably not well. Let's not test that one out. Um, (laughs) But that's how we treat God sometimes. Well, I love you, and I'm I'm so devoted in this small little block. It's those small little things throughout the day where my mind drifts to God. And that, that old song, Falling in Love with Jesus, when it just becomes not just words, but it's it's praises that I'm singing to him when I'm showing him that I truly care throughout the day. That's when relationship is made. Right. Brother Stokely has a, had a point on men's prayer of not just praying, but listening to God. That's where relationship comes to. You have to carve out time where, where God, I'm not just talking to you, but I'm, I'm in a spot where I can receive if you're going to give me something else. Because yeah. Yeah. If, I, if I truly love my wife, then here's the thing too, is, is I have to love the things that my wife loves. Right? I'm not a crafter, shocker, but I love that my wife is, and I appreciate the things that she does. But if I hated crafts and I couldn't stand crafts, then my 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 marriage wouldn't work. It just wouldn't because there's a lot of crafts in my house. Uh, there's also a lot of baseball cards in my life, and my my wife puts up with those. To be fair, um, but we have to we have to change the things that are around us when we truly love people because love changes us, right? Sure. If there's yeah. something that my wife hates, then I can't have it in my life. First John 2.15 says that, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if a man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not the Father, but it's of the world. Right. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of, of God abideth forever. Yeah. Yeah. When I love my wife, there's places I don't go. There are people that I don't hang out with. There are conversations that I do not take part in because if I do, it's going to cause a division in my relationship. Mm. We need to have that same mindset with our, with our relationship with God. If I truly love God, then I don't need to be here. That is such a good point. That's so good. First Corinthians 15, 33. I love it. It just says that bad company corrupts good character. Yeah, right. And it's. It's so simple, but the hard part is that sometimes we think that we are better or smarter or we're doing God's work because I'm hanging out with people I shouldn't hang out with because they need to have a godly influence in their life. Yeah. Great. But if they're influencing your life, then then that's hurting your relationship with God and you don't really love God. You're just saying, I'm doing this for God, but really it's your own heart's desire. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that that two-way street. Like We want to... Uh, God has called us to go into the world. God's called us to be fr- friends of sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Uh, he spent time with those people who, the religious crew, they looked at him, they're like, why are you spending time with them? Like, like them, really? Um, but Jesus was making the impact on them. We see the transformation happening in them, yeah. uh, rather than, rather than them, uh, rather than Jesus being influenced, uh, influenced by what they were doing. And so, um, we got to be careful. We have to be careful about who we hang around, about who who is influencing who, and and what we're allowing into our lives. Not just not just people. Yeah. I think that I mean that extends into into the media that we watch, the the things that we we listen to, um, all all these all these things. Like what is what does it have to say? Love, our love, 
with God to, to, towards God, it ought to change us. It ought to change us. There, there should be some kind of check in our spirit on that. I remember when we did the fast from Facebook and social media for a week. Like, at first it was a little bit tough because that's my go-to to kill time. But then I realized that I'm not nearly as angry as I usually am. And it's not that the, yeah. there's bad things on Facebook, but sometimes yeah. I'll come across an article that someone will post. And instead of focusing on the good things in life, I just get mad. And who do they think sure. they are? And why in sure. the world would they believe that way? And we just allow junk into our lives. And we have to catch ourselves and say, is, is this hindering my relationship with God? Yeah. Like, what, what did we do before social media? <laughs> we had to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough, right? Mm. Sit, sit across from somebody and have a conversation with them. But like... We need to, to surround ourselves with like-minded people, and that's one of the reasons why coming together on Sundays and on Wednesdays at prayer meeting, these are important times because it's, it's when we gather ourselves around like-minded people, they help, they help push us. I hope they help push us. Right. Pastor, if I'm, if I'm yeah. drifting away a little bit, I hope you just don't make excuses and say, well, Josh has had a tough week. I hope you, you challenge me and question the things if I'm, if I'm walking out of line. Like That's that, that, that accountability that we have. Right. Right. I, I, I love that, that scripture. In fact, that's one of our, our core tenets of our church is gather, grow, give, go. That, that gather component of it is, is grounded in that scripture, Hebrews 10, 5, where it says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why, why is that? It's, it's so that we would, so that we would spur one another to do good works. It's, that's what happens when God's people get together. That's what happens when, when like-minded people get together is we, we provoke one another to do good things, and uh, in fact, I just um, this morning we were uh, we were talking in our in our volunteer meeting uh, at nine o'clock. Uh, we began talking about the the Asbury revivals that are going on, and uh, I don't remember who it was that that made the comment, um, but uh, I think it's uh, Karen Harker. She she made the comment that she had um, somebody that she was talking to last night, somebody who does, he doesn't go to church, but uh, he said, "Man." I look at like God's people getting together and like these things happening and, and I see like this goodness that's happening. And yet when, uh, when other people gather, you see like this destruction that happens in the cities and, and things that are like falling apart and, you know, like tearing, you know, destruction that's, that's happening all over and, and such a difference. Um, and, and we ought to be here to spur one another to good works and, and that, but I want to I want to get back to to this because I really like that example that you're using with you and you and Sarah because when you love your spouse, there's commu- communication that happens, and communication it's two way. It's it's talking and it's listening, yeah. and so so how how does uh, how does God talk to us? I, I I would point to two things. There's one way that God talks to us. It's right here. Yeah. It's in the word of God. This is, un, it's unchanging, but this is the word of God. This is the voice of God. He can, if you ever want to know God, what is your will or what are you trying to say? All you have to do is pick this up. Hundred percent. You pick up the word of God and, and you can know there is, this is God speaking to me right here. It also happens of course through prayer. But if we can just look at, at the word of God, Joshua, uh, Joshua 1, 8, he said that the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt, love, thou shalt have good success. 
It's, it's not just getting into the Word of God, but it's meditating on it. It's, it's saying that I'm going to apply these words to my life. And if you want to know the best way to tell if somebody is, is listening is that they respond. Exactly. Kind of like you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I love that. But every, I think every wife in the room probably can come up with uh, a few times, um, I don't know, maybe just one time, when, uh, when you're talking and your husband was kind of like nodding his head and just halfway listening, and you get that head nod, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh, in the midst of your talking, and, and you ask them to do something, and they're like, yep, yep, but then they just sit there, uh-huh, yep, and then all of a sudden the husband freezes, and he's like, wait a minute, what did she just ask me to do? <laughs> And then if you ask him, hey, what was that again? You weren't listening. <laughs> You're afraid that, yeah. I, I wasn't. You're right. <laughs> You're right. And and sometimes it's like just a small thing. It's no big deal. But sometimes like they were telling you something important and it upsets them and it can cause division in the relationship. And, and you know, you got to repair that. You got to f- figure it out. And here's the thing. We can't, we can't just speed read the word of God. No. We can't just take this and just say, you know, it's, it's no big deal. That's. That, you know, I have this, I just want to check off the box that I've, I've read the Word of God. But no, I, I want to get into the Word of God and meditate on it. Yeah. I don't want to just respond, yep, 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 okay, got to hear what you're saying. No, if I truly love God, I'm going to take what He's saying and, and try to apply this to my life. Exactly. You want to make sure that it's not just a checklist. God, God isn't holding up a homework assignment and saying, hey, they didn't read their Bible today. But he, I think he is holding up a checklist and saying, are they living their Bible today? Sure. Oh, that's good. I look again in, in 1 John. We're, we're spending a lot of time there in 1 John today. Um, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. It says, this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments, they're not grievous. And again, in, in 1 John 3, uh, verse 24, it, it says this again, it says, he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. There's, when you keep the commandments of God, there's this, there's this love where, where God dwells in me, I, I dwell in God. And hereby it says that we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he has given us. That there is, there is this, uh, this voice of God that ought to be speaking into our life through the word of God. And when we respond, not just by reading it, but by responding to it and applying it to our lives, that's God abiding in us. That's God's love abiding in us and us abiding in Him. And I love what Jesus had to say. It's in John chapter 15. Jesus is speaking here and He says, As the Father loved me, so I loved you. And I want you to continue in my love. And if you, can, if you keep my commandments, then you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in His love. These things I've spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So if you ever feel like you're missing something in life, let's pick up the word of God and let's say, God, I want your word to become who I am. God, I want your word to be manifest in me. I want your word to, to, not, uh, to not just be words on the page that I'm, uh, I'm going to have as a little pick-me-up. But God, I want your word to speak into my life, to become uh, a part of who I am, because love and unity are the same thing. Yes. We can't love God and not be in unity with God. 
If you want to be in unity with God, then you've got to keep his commandments. You've got to, you've got to let the Holy Ghost lead you. You've got to lean into the word of God. Uh, David, he's, when he's writing, uh, or whoever wrote Psalm 119, in, uh, in verse 103, it's, it's, it's talking about how sweet are the words of, unto my taste. They're sweeter than honey to men. They're, they're, they're sweeter than honey to my mouth. And, and it's, that's what it ought to be. The word of God ought to be something that we're like, I want to dive into this because, because I know it's going to refresh me. I know that it's going to, to change me and, and mold me into who I ought to be. So the thing that I love about the word of God is it's literally a, a blueprint for how God wants us to love him. And, and that's amazing, right? My marriage would be so much better if I knew exactly everything that Sarah wanted, right? Some husbands think they know their wives inside and out. Great. What do they want for lunch today? Because <laughs> we say that and like, hey, where do you want to go? And uh, I, I don't know what sounds good to you. Oh, I don't know what sounds good. And you know in the back of your mind, your wife has a restaurant that sounds good, and she's just hoping that you pick the right one, and then it's going to be a good day. And if not, then it's going to be a little bit rough. But we don't have to worry about that with God. He literally tells us exactly how he wants us to love him, yeah. what, 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 it mean, right. what it means to have a relationship with him. We just have to use his word. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us to realize what is wrong in our lives. If the Bible only tells you good things and it never pricks your heart and says you need to change things, yeah. then you're not reading the Bible. Right, right. You're not truly meditating on his words. It, it, I, I love the next part. It says it corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us what to do, uh, what to do and what it's right. God uses the, his word to prepare and equip us to do every good work. John 14 and 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring you to my remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth you. Let, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He's given us a blueprint for his love. Oh, no, uh, We've got to draw this to a close here pretty soon. But before, we, before we do that, I, I do want to ask your thoughts just... Beyond obedience, because obedience is one part of it. I believe really obedience is what comes out of our love. Like when you love God, you obey God. It's, it's not, we, we, we shouldn't flip that the other way. It shouldn't be, God, I, I won't, I'm going to obey you. Um, I don't know why that you would ask me to do this. I don't know, I don't know why you would want me to uh, you know, fall in line with this and that and, and do all these things. Uh, but but God, okay, I'll, I'll obey you. No, obedience comes out of our love, yes. out of the fact that I love God. God, I will obey you. God, I, I will take your word to heart. God, I, I will let this change me and mold me. So, but so beyond beyond obedience, what are some other things that that you might say uh, would would show that we are in love with God? If, if I'm looking to say, I want to fall in love with God, how do I know? That on my end, I, I truly love, I truly love him. I think when you love someone, their needs supersede your own. I grew up in a family uh, where I didn't understand why my dad had the same tennis shoes for 10 years. I got new shoes every year. My dad had the same old crusty tennis shoes, and I'd make fun of him sometimes for it. But what I didn't realize was I grew up poor. But my parents never let me know that we, we didn't have money. They, they never let me know 
what, what they were giving up. My dad sacrificed things so that I could have better things because he cared more about me and my needs than, than his own desires or, or his own thoughts. Some of us, we say we love God, but we're not willing to, to sacrifice like that, right? Yeah. We, we, we say that we love God, uh, but it's what can God do for me, right? It's I love God when the things are coming good and, and for what God can give us. But that's not a relationship when we're only living with God when, when things are good, right? right. That, that, that's not relationship at all. We can't say that we love God, but we're not willing to sacrifice sure. to do these things. Sure. And that, that's the part is if it doesn't hurt, it's not sacrifice. If it's convenient for me to c- c- cut out two hours a week to go to ch- service and that's easy for me, then that's not sacrifice, right? And, and that's the, the, the tough part is we need to get to the point where we're, we're, we're sacrificing for God. We're sacrificing our times. We're sacrificing in our giving. Yeah. And, and yeah. This, is, this is something tough, but God has dealt with me recently. And he says, if you truly love me, then you'll give in the offering. You'll give in your tithes, and, you, and it won't be a bother to you. And you'll want to do those things because we can't say we love God and then get angry at him when we have to write a check to the church. Right, right. Pastor didn't ask me to say that. That's just where I'm coming from right now is I think when we truly love something, his needs supersede ours. Yeah, I'd love to take my wife to Logan's today, but if there's a missionary across the world that I can do good for and, and, and give a blessing, and it's going to mean that I have to give up that meal, but, sure. but I can do something for God and yeah. his needs are more important than mine, then that's where we're at. Yeah. The relationship that Abraham had with God in the Old Testament, he lo- I believe Abraham loved God. They had their ups and their downs, but I don't believe that Abraham fully loved God until he put Isaac on the altar, until he was willing to sacrifice the thing that he loved the most to get closer to God, where he was willing to take this and say, God, I care about this more than anything. This is the most important thing to me. But if it's going to get in the, the way of what you want to do in my life, I give it to you. When we get to that point, when we get Come to the on. point where, where right. God's plan supersedes our plans, when that's, that, that's right. when we truly love God. It's, right. it's when we're in a relationship with him. It's learning that his ways are above my ways. Besides that, how do you know that you're in love with God? How do you know that you're having a good relationship? The Bible says that he will know us by the fruit that we produce. Yeah. John 15, 3 and 5 says, Now uh, ye are clean through the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except abide in the vine. No more can ye except abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. And so that's, that's where I'm going to end my part today is, if you raise your hand, you say, I truly love God. Great. What fruit are you showing? Sure. Are you sure. showing love? Are you showing peace? Are you, are you showing patience to people? Because if you're not, then I challenge you to look at your, your relationship with God because you're not truly in love with God just yet. Mm. That's really challenging, but that's so good, um, that abiding in him, that uh, illustration of the fruit is, is really what we can see. And, and, and I want to challenge also us to not judge somebody else. It's, it's, today, it's not about about looking at somebody else and, and, you know, what is their fruit? I want to look at my fruit. God may oh. have designed you to be an apple tree, and I'm an orange <laughs> tree, and I'm seeing you produce apples, and I think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> sure. I mean, it, I think that's, that's good. And it, it, all comes, it all comes down, I mean, it's the same fruit. It's, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faith, self, self-control, all these, 
these fruit of the Spirit or, or these other um, these, these fruits that we can get that come from God, it ought to be present in all of us. But I, I want to look, what about me? Like, for me, am I producing the fruit? Am I, do I have this fruit present in my life? If, if not, let me ins- inspect. God is, can I pursue you? Uh, can, I, can I bring you a, a gift today? Now, can I bring you, can, can I draw close to you? It's, it's in that, that close proximity that we begin to really fall in love with God. I, uh, I came across a, um, a, a book. It's, it was written by Dr. Jack Schaefer. He was a retired FBI agent, and he introduced in this, this book um, the like switch. is the name of the book, but he introduced in that this friendship formula. And he, um, within the FBI, he was assigned to the FBI's National Security Behavioral Analysis Program. And so he's this expert on human behavior, on interactions. And here's the, here's the formula that he came up with. He said that friendship, I should have made a slide for this, but he said friendship equals proximity plus frequency plus duration plus intensity. And so you have those four factors. You have proximity, frequency, duration, and intensity. And it's all of those things. This proximity is referring to the distance between you and the other individual and, and the exposure that you have, you have to that individual and, and the shared context that you have. And, and I just want to encourage you to draw close to God. Let's, let's let that proximity, let's let that proximity come. Uh, come closer and nearer and nearer because if you're if you are desiring to fall in love with God, if you're desiring a true relationship with God, that proximity factor matters. It sure does. It, come, come to where God is at. Come, come to the uh, the place where God's people are are, are coming together, and come into your into your prayer closet. Come into close proximity to where God is, but also frequency. The number of contacts that you have with them over time matters. The duration of time that you spend with them matters. And so spend time with God. Don't, don't do it just on a, uh, on an occasional basis, as you were saying, on Sunday and on Wednesday. It's probably, it's not enough. Let's, let's spend time with God in, on a frequent manner and, and let that duration take place. But with the last thing that I just want to close with is the intensity factor. That intensity factor is this, this factor of how much, how open are you? How, how much are you willing to expose yourself? That's, it's the deepness to the relationship. And, and studies would show within friendships that the, mo, the more that you would open up, the more intense, or the, more, the deeper that you get, uh, the, the closer that the two of you will be. And it's, um, that it's the same thing with God. If you're desiring today to, to have a relationship with God, if you're desiring to fall in love with Jesus more than you have ever been in love with Him, then be vulnerable. Be real. Allow God to begin to heal those parts of you that you don't want to expose to Him because you think that they're too ugly. But the fact is, God already loves you. And He wants to heal you. He wants to come and He wants to hold you. Amen. Amen. I'll just close it here with just this one last scripture. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, where it says, Behold, what manner of love... The Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. 
that we would be the children of God. It says, therefore, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know him. But that's my goal. I want, I want to love God. I want, I want for their, for my love to be so deep, so intense with God that, that the world would even take notice, that the world would say, there's something different about you. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. And, and, and you can just say, I got to point to him because he changed me. His love changed me. And when I realized how much he loved me, I couldn't help but to fall in love with him. And when I did that, it transformed my life. It transformed who I am. And if we could just, just here this morning, just lift up our hands around this place. I know this has been a conversation today, but I hope it spurred something in you. And if you could just lift up your hands, I just want to just call out to God. Lord, I pray that in this place, Lord, if there's somebody that's desiring a relationship with you, God, if there's somebody in this house today, Lord, that they're saying, Lord, there's uh, there's something that's blocking uh, me, God, and, and, and drawing close to you, then, then, Lord, let us break down those barriers. God, I, I pray that today, that in this service, Lord, as we would uh, even, even engage in a time of worship, God, that in that time of worship, Lord, that barriers would begin to break and they would begin to fall, Lord, so that we could truly fall in love with you, God, that your love, God, which is extended to us in this place, God, that we would reciprocate that love right back to you. God, let there be a real love, a real love here in this house. God, let us be real. Let us be vulnerable. Jesus, thank